Landing spots for DeAndre Hopkins. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Shu, we're back with you here once again on the show. Hope everybody having a fantastic start to their Tuesday. As always, we've got a fun one in store for you here on the show today. Taking a look, diving deep into landing spots for newly cut, a brand new free agent wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. A guy that we have been talking about since probably the beginning of the offseason in terms of where he would be playing next season. Thought a trade from Arizona would be the most likely outcome, uh, but that did not come to pass by the time the draft rolled around. And then out of nowhere, the Arizona Cardinals last week deciding to just outright cut DeAndre Hopkins, take all of that cap hit in 2023, uh, forego any sort of problems for them in 2024. He's completely off the books in 2024. But now DeAndre Hopkins can pick anywhere he wants to go. Free agent has a choice can go to any singular team that he would like to. We kind of have a pretty good idea of what his thought process is. Thought process is. We have a pretty good idea of uh, taking that thought process and turning it into a couple of teams, but there are some outsiders as well that could make some sense. So that is what we are going to focus on here today uh, on the show. So it should be a good one. And I think you have to start with the teams that we know, at least according to reports, were the two teams that called, inquired, were the two teams that, went the furthest down the road with the Arizona Cardinals when it comes to trading for DeAndre Hopkins, when that was still an option. And those two teams were the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Those were the two teams, I believe it was according to Sports Illustrated, were the two teams that got the furthest along, were the teams that were most inquisitive, um, that took the process the furthest in terms of trying to acquire DeAndre Hopkins via trade. Well, now that there's no uh, draft pick compensation that would be associated, it would just be dollars, it would just be free agency dollars, then those two teams, I think, immediately have to jump to the front of the list. And we do know that what DeAndre Hopkins wants in his next team, what he's looking for, wants to be with a high-profile quarterback, top quarterback, wants to have an opportunity to win a championship, wants to be on a team that's got a good defense that's able to win a championship. These are all the things that have been said to be very important for DeAndre Hopkins. Well, that kind of narrows the field down to the teams that we view as those upper echelon Super Bowl contenders. Buffalo and Kansas City, teams that tried to acquire DeAndre Hopkins via trade, would fit those bills, would fit that would fit that bill, no pun intended. You've got Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Okay, we checked the quarterback box. Kansas City just won a Super Bowl. Championship pedigree, the, the Bills are trying to break through and trying to reach the Super Bowl in this Josh Allen era. Everything they do is from the context of pushing all in for a Super Bowl run uh, each and every year. So from that perspective, you are looking at a team that is interested in, in checking that box from a Super Bowl. So we check both of those boxes. And so now the question is, where does he fit into this room? Well, we know Kansas City's got Kadarius Tony. We know they've got they've got Sky Moore. They've got Marquez Valdez Scantling. They've got a decent, okay wide receiver room. We know they've got Travis Kelsey to be one of their top pass catchers. And I don't know necessarily. I don't think any of us sitting here today uh, on May 30th doing this show. I, I think DeAndre Hopkins can be a very helpful piece for teams. I think DeAndre Hopkins can be a player that helps elevate a team's wide receiver room and makes them better. I don't know if true number one uh, you know, top six, top eight wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins is the version of that player that you're getting. 
I don't know if you need that, specifically in Buffalo's case, you've already got Stephon Diggs, right? You don't need um, DeAndre Hopkins to come in there and be a true number one. You need him to be a really, really good number two, and I still think he can be that. In Kansas City, I still think they're looking for a true number one, so he would be more kind of in that number one bucket, but with Sky Moore, with Kadarius Toney, with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they would kind of just be looking at a very, very good overall room um, that can be incredibly productive. Now, the important thing we have to look at here, and I've got it on the other screen, is the salary cap and how much space these teams have for 2023. Well, the, the Bills and the Chiefs, in terms of actual cap space, are towards the bottom. Uh, only the Bucks have less cap space than both of those teams. The Chiefs right now, effectively, 652000 in cap space. Uh, the Bills, $1.47 million in cap space. So the cap, a little bit of a concern here when evaluating both of those options. And they would have to do um, some cap maneuvering in order to make it work. I'm sure they can put some void years on the deal. Um, it'll probably be a multi-year deal that has some void years kicked onto the back of it so they can spread out the cap hit to a future year um, in which maybe they don't have as many big-time contracts on the books, a better year for them uh, to be able to, to soften the blow money-wise. It's exactly what the Baltimore Ravens did with Odell Beckham Jr. They signed him to a one-year, $15 million deal, but it's got a second year uh, on it for cap purposes, and it's got three or four void years on it as well. So uh, teams are starting to do this more and more. And so both of these teams, just because they have limited cap space and limited cap flexibility as we speak, doesn't mean that, one, they can't create moves, that put them in a position to be able to, to sign DeAndre Hopkins from, from a cap perspective, but to also use the tools at their disposal from a contract structuring perspective um, to be able to get that deal done. So those are the two teams that jump off the page, I think, uh, from the word go. And then I think there's a group of three teams that I would put directly behind those two that you could convince yourself, check some of these boxes, um, and or so a lot of money could be thrown at DeAndre Hopkins for this to make some sense. And those three teams in no particular order are the Dallas Cowboys, the Baltimore Ravens, and the New York Jets. Those would be the three teams that I would classify in the in the in the bucket right behind the Bills and Chiefs in a tier 2. If we were doing a tier maker, teams that make the most sense, teams that are most likely, I would put the Bills and Chiefs at the top and then right behind them, I think you look at the Cowboys, I think you look at the Ravens, and I think you look at the Jets. And I will explain why I think all three of those teams make some semblance of sense. We know the Dallas Cowboys love to make a splash. We know Jerry Jones is always looking at opportunities to make splashy moves. We know they're kind of looking for some extra help behind CeeDee Lamb. There's your number one. So again, a position where DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have to come in and be a true number one, can be more of a number two, can be more of the Robin, the CeeDee Lamb's Batman, to use a superhero um, you know, context. And that would work. And that would be able to make some sense. They are a team that are are competing. They're a team that, what, won 12 games a year ago. They're a team that's trying to win a division. They're trying to compete with the Philadelphia Eagles. They're looking at what is a pretty wide open NFC behind the Philadelphia Eagles, and they are trying to put themselves in a position to be in the mix. Helping out Dak Prescott, helping out your offense um, could go a long way. So that's why I think they would make a ton of sense. The Baltimore Ravens, I think this is pretty clear, right? I think it's pretty clear why the Baltimore Ravens are on this list. They are a team that have made it very clear with their actions, both in free agency and the draft, that they are looking to rebuild this wide receiver room for Lamar Jackson. First, it was the Odell Beckham Jr. contract. Then it was the first-round selection of Zay Flowers. Even then, even with a rookie in Zay Flowers, who I think everybody feels uh, can be extremely productive, uh, even with Odell Beckham Jr., again, there are, there are cons to having both of those guys be at the top of your wide receiver depth chart. Otto Beckham Jr. coming back from a major injury. How long does it take him to get to get back up to NFL speed? Is there a is there a um, 
learning curve for him coming back from the ACL um, tear? Is there a time period where he's not at 100% and isn't at that level of being a wide receiver one with Zay Flowers? It's a rookie, first year in the National Football League, in a new offense. He's got to learn a lot of things. Are those the two guys that you really want to rely on? I think by season's end, you're looking at Zay Flowers as a wide receiver one. I think by season's end, you're going to get the absolute best version of Odell Beckham Jr., assuming health. But that short start to the season, those first maybe month or two, you're going to need somebody. DeAndre Hopkins might be really good in that role, um, and then he can slowly transition into a wide receiver two um, and be a really, really good wide receiver two. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at Zay Flowers, Odo Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins with Mark Andrews. Now all of a sudden, the pass-catching options for Lamar Jackson in this Todd Monken offense all of a sudden start to feel really, really good, and you start to feel a lot better about the tools that have been put around Lamar Jackson. And again, they paid Lamar Jackson, and so you look at them as a team that they're going to want to go all in to support their quarterback because they went all in financially to support their quarterback. So now they need to do the things around him. And so, again, they are a team uh, that makes some sense. The New York Jets would be the third team that I would put in this bucket. And I know they've got Garrett Wilson. I know they've got Alan Lazard. I know they've got Corey Davis. I know they've got Michael Hardman. But even with even when they had all four of those guys on the roster, Garrett was you know entering year two. They signed Alan Lazard. Corey Davis was still on the roster. Um, he, he, they went out and signed Michael Hartman. Even after all four of those moves, all four of those players were in that wide receiver room, they still made an offer to Odo Beckham Jr. They still thought that they were going to get Odo Beckham Jr. until the Ravens came in at the last minute and made a deal. And Odo Beckham Jr., according to reports, gave the Jets an opportunity to match said offer, and he would have gone to New York. So the Jets were very, very active in the wide receiver market, even with the four guys that I just mentioned already on the list. Now, the Jets have some of the most cap space of the teams that we've mentioned here. Um, we mentioned the Bills and the Chiefs already. Uh, the Cowboys have $10.5 million. Uh, the Ravens, uh, the Ravens sit here at $11.7 million. So another team that makes some sense, the Jets also with $6.3 million. So this tier fits it from the financial perspective. Now in the Jets case, they can just cut Corey Davis, save $10 million against the cap, and then absolutely have an opportunity to make that work with $16 million. They could offer probably what they offered to Odo Beckham Jr. and go from there. And I've seen a lot of suggestions in the chat of a team. And so now that I've offered up the two tiers, I think that this really fits. We could talk about some of the other teams that are generating some buzz. And the big team that we saw in the in the live YouTube chat, by the way, cheap luck to join us over on the live YouTube channel Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is where you get to be a part of the show. Bailey said, I think the Panthers should be going all out and paying him the most. Uh, Bob Rub, Panthers got the big advantage when it comes to cap for sure. Uh, Peter Kilmartin, Panthers cap-wise can give him the contract he wants, but Kansas City and Dallas make the most sense from a competitive perspective. Yes, the Panthers make the most sense here um, from a financial perspective, maybe other than the Bears, and I saw Greg Barker mention the Bears as well. Um, $32.5 million in cap space for the Bears in 2023, $27.3 million in cap space for the Panthers in 2023. So from a ability to put a contract in front of DeAndre Hopkins that is going to make financial sense for DeAndre Hopkins and, it, and fits within the financial budget that those teams are operating in, yes, both of those teams make sense. Both of those teams, I think, have great needs. For the Bears, adding DeAndre Hopkins as your wide receiver two to DJ Moore, and you're able to kind of slide Darnell Mooney, you're able to slide Chase Claypool down that depth chart and fit those guys into more wide receiver three, wide receiver four roles, I think feels a lot better. You would feel like that group is a more well-rounded um, pass-catching group. And, you know, Bailey, I think you'll love this. I'd like that group a lot more from a throwing the football perspective. I would think that we'd be able to kind of throw the football a little bit more if we slide those guys around and build out that room. But the problem is DeAndre Hopkins 
wants to play for a championship contender. I do not believe that the addition of DeAndre Hopkins makes the Chicago Bears a Super Bowl contender. I still think we need to see some growth from um, Justin Fields. I still think we need to figure out what this running game is going to be outside of Justin Fields. The offensive line needs to show some cohesiveness. They made an investment in that with Darnell Wright in the first round. The defense, um, they they I think they sorely lack the ability to get after uh, the quarterback from a pass rush perspective. So there are holes on this roster. So I think to call them a Super Bowl contender if they had DeAndre Hopkins would be inaccurate. And so that's why I would rule them out. Now, the Panthers are close uh, in terms of do I put them in that closer to that tier two bucket or do I put them closer to whatever bucket we're putting the Bears in? You you love the coaching staff. He would probably be the wide receiver one, him or Adam Thielen. They'd probably split it. They'd probably both be kind of 1A, 1B. And so you've got that kind of working for you. Um, they I think they desperately need more pass catching options for Bryce Young. But again, they've got a division that they can win. Right, I think they can compete with the Saints in the division, which means you can get into the playoffs. And I think they're a more likely playoff team than the Bears are. But I'm not so sure that, again, that fits with those championship aspirations that DeAndre Hopkins might be looking for. I don't think the Panthers are going to be making a Super Bowl run in year one of this new coaching staff, year one of Bryce Young being the starting quarterback. And so, again, I understand why everybody's talking about this that makes sense from a financial perspective and I guess that's maybe the new bucket that we'll create here the tier three bucket of it makes financial sense but do do those teams really fit what DeAndre Hopkins is looking for I think the answer to that is no Sean mentioned it in the chat the Titans need a wide receiver one better than any team in the NFL right now and could be playoff contenders immediately and have one of the better caps in the NFL um, Sean, the Titans, according to OverTheCap.com, have $10.5 million in cap space, very similarly, similarly to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think I disagree with the assertion that this team could be playoff contenders immediately. I got a lot of questions about what that offense is going to look like, even if they added DeAndre Hopkins. I'd have, I'd have a lot of questions about what that team looks like. Is Ryan Tannehill the starter for all 17 games? Do they turn things over to Will Levis at some point? I still think they're the second-best team uh, in that division behind Jacksonville. Um, did not love the way the second half went for them last year. Um, yeah, I got a lot of question marks about Tennessee and adding DeAndre Hopkins would not alleviate many of the concerns that I have about the Tennessee wide receiver room, uh, moving forward. So I I do have some concerns there, but again, they fall into that bucket of, they could do it from a cap perspective, but are they a team that would willingly go out and, you know, be able to make a decent enough pitch to DeAndre Hopkins where he would be interested? Um, I know another team that is popular in the odds markets are the, the Los Angeles Chargers. I almost called them the San Diego Chargers. I was this close to starting that by saying San Diego. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, $12.7 million in cap. But I mean, again, a team that would not have him be a wide receiver one, but are you going to spend the kind of money that we think D-Hop's going to command? And, and, and again, I want to make something very clear. He's not getting a mega deal, right? He's going to get probably a two, three-year deal um, that's worth in the range of what Odell got. Odell got $15 million for one season. Now, again, they did some some funny money with the math to make it work from a cap perspective. But, it, but if we look at it from you know $15 million perspective, you're looking at anywhere between $30 to $45 million over the course of two or three years, I think is the range that you're looking at. All, do the Los Angeles Chargers want to do that with Keenan Allen on the roster, with Mike Williams on the roster? We drafted Quentin Johnston in the first round. Like We've got three really good options already on the team. And I think if you bring in DeAndre Hopkins, the person that's going to suffer the most in that regard is going to be is going to be Quentin Johnston. Just use the first round pick on him. And so I really wouldn't want to do that if I was the Los Angeles Chargers. So that team kind of rules out. I know the Patriots are kind of popular. 
um, 14.1 million in cap space. Um, I guess the question you have to ask yourself is what, what is the status of the relationship between Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins, right? Bill O'Brien's the guy that traded DeAndre Hopkins. Um, is there, where's that relationship? Are, are they able to work together? Um, because he would make some sense for them, but the question is, would he, and he would help Mac Jones out tremendously, but the question you got to ask yourself is, would they be able to get along Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins? And nobody really knows. So to me, there are five teams that really make sense. Um, I think there are a couple of teams that you could convince yourself um, could make some sense, at least from a cap perspective. And Peter just shouted out another one. Um, the Lions, $23.7 million in cap space. Yeah, they make sense as well from a money perspective. Um, are they a championship contender? I think, I mean, they are hashtag our Lions, right? I mean, th that's very clear here on the show that they are hashtag our Lions. And we think that they are going to... Um, they're going to take a step and I would pick them to win the division right now based on the talent that I think they have. Um, but are they a championship caliber team? Bailey says might be the last year of Ben Johnson. We'll have to redo Goff after this year. Yeah. Ben Johnson is going to be really interesting to me because he was getting some interviews in the head coaching cycle last off season, this past off season. And you certainly think that if he's able to, um, they added Jameer Gibbs, they've got a full year. Well, they're going to have 11 games of Jameson Williams. I'm on Ross St. Brown. They've got a nice group, Sam Laporta. They're adding to that offense. Um, if they're if he's able to continue to get the best out of this offense, and Jared Goff continues to look as good as he did last year, uh, and the way the league is going, and offensive-minded coaches are, are some of the first to get the, these head coaching jobs, you certainly think he's going to be a top candidate for 2024. And Bailey, you kind of gave me a, you kind of gave me a, a show concept that we might be able to do closer to the beginning of the season, where we look at maybe some of the top coordinators to keep an eye on for 2023 that could be head coaches in 2024. We'll kind of file that one away uh, for some time down the road. But yeah, you certainly think that if Ben Johnson continues to have the success that he had in 2023, he's going to be on the short list for some teams in 2024. And so do you kind of go all out if you're the Lions for DeAndre Hopkins and really try to put yourself over the top and put you... The NFC's wide open, right? I think any team in the NFC can convince themselves if we get a ticket to the dance, there's an opportunity. Now, you still have to beat the Eagles. You still have to go through the defending NFC champs. But I think nobody, you know, San Francisco, you've got quarterback questions. Uh, the NFC North, where you're in the post-Aaron Rodgers era. Can Minnesota continue to do what they did a year ago? The Lions are on the rise. What do the Packers look like with Jordan Love? Another year, another stride forward for Justin Fields. The South, new era in New Orleans with um, Derek Carr. Carolina starting a rookie quarterback, but a really, really exciting coaching staff and a really exciting roster on defense. Um, the East, the Giants and Cowboys, who were both playoff teams a year ago. Seattle's in the mix. I mean, Jamie just mentioned in the chat, the NFC is open enough for any of the top teams to consider themselves a contender. And, and that they can consider themselves a contender. Does DeAndre Hopkins consider them a contender? That's the sales pitch that you'd have to give to DeAndre Hopkins. But yes, I, I the NFC is so wide open after the Philadelphia Eagles that I think any team can convince themselves that they are the team that should go out and make this contract offer. And again, looking at some other teams that have cap space, um, the Colts have 23.4 million in cap space. I don't really think they're a team that we need to consider. Um, the Cardinals have 24.3 million in cap space, but you know, they're not going to do that. Uh, the Packers at 16.5, the Texans at 15.4, the Bengals at 14.9, the Saints at 14.2. Then we get into some of the teams that we already mentioned, the Patriots, the Chargers, the Ravens. Um, so I, again, there, there, there is money to be thrown around here and teams will be able to structure the contract in a way that makes sense for them and spreads the cap out. But I think there's a very finite group of teams that are going to check all of the boxes for DeAndre Hopkins. And I think the Bills and Chiefs are the top two options. 
I think you can make an argument for Dallas. I think you can make an argument for Baltimore. I think you can make an argument for the Jets. And I'm pretty sure DeAndre Hopkins mentioned some of the quarterbacks that he would love to play with. Lamar was on that list. I think Mahomes and Allen were on that list. I think he mentioned Herbert as well. Probably mentioned Joe Burrow. Um, but I, I remember some of those quarterbacks that he mentioned. And so you can kind of connect the dots there. But I think the market's going to be be pretty robust for DeAndre Hopkins. I think teams are going to be interested. The question is, is DeAndre Hopkins interested in them? What are the contract demands? What are they able to do from a cap perspective? All these questions seemingly need to be answered. But I would boil it down to the five teams that I mentioned. Bills and Chiefs, and I think they are in a tier amongst themselves uh, with a clear divide between them and the next three teams. And then Dallas, Baltimore, and the Jets as teams right behind that I could see him signing with. But I, I ultimately think it's going to be one of the Bills, uh, or the Chiefs, where DeAndre Hopkins plays uh, next season. If I had to make a way-too-early prediction here, um, because I think today is technically when he becomes a free agent. I mean, I know he can negotiate with teams, but today's the day that it hits the uh, the waiver wire, um, and, or hits the transaction wire, I should say, and that allows him to then officially put pen to paper. So we'll keep an eye on it here. I don't think it's going to happen uh, today or this week, but it could. Uh, but I think next week or the week after, I think within the next two or three weeks, um, it could be the case. Sam says, do you believe in the Kadarius Tony hype? Um, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, define Kadarius Tony hype. I think Kadarius Tony can be a very, very, um, impactful player in, in the scenery in Kansas city. I mean, I think you saw it during the playoff run, how, how useful he was for them. Um, do I think he's going to be, do I think he's going to be able to completely emerge as the wide receiver one? I don't know. I'd like to see a little more. I still think Sky Moore is going to have something to say about it. Um, they're still a team that's going to use all of those weapons in the offense, right? Travis Kelsey's going to get his. They're going to pass the ball um, out of the backfield as well. Like they, they're going to use so many different options that it's hard to really say like that Kadarius Tony's going to overwhelmingly be the, the uh, number one wide receiver. Can Kadarius Tony get over 800 receiving yards in 2023? This is what we're going to close the show with. I'd like to look at something before I answer this question. So I'm going to look at pro football reference and see who in 2023 or in, I guess, 2022, 2023, hit that number. Uh, receiving yards is what I'm looking for. And it was Justin Jefferson, 1809. This is not working the way that I thought it was going to. This is what I'm looking for. Thank you. 800. 800. Uh, this is tough. This is tough. Because I want to look at the, the group, and I'm still looking for it. This is why there's a filibuster, because I I, I'm, I have an inability to be able to use the internet. Um, okay, so only 38 receivers last year got to 800. Only 38 receivers. This is the group of receivers that are right there above 800. George Pickens at 801, Jacoby Myers at 804, Cooper Cup at 8 oh, uh at 812, Zay Jones at 823, Cortland Sutton at 824, Gabe Davis at 836, Donovan Peoples Jones at 839, Mark Andrews at 847. You can see the kind of group that I'm looking at. Kansas City had one receiver. They had two receivers get this number. They had two pass catchers, I should say. Travis Kelsey with 1338. So Travis Kelsey being around and he was top 10. So you're still gonna have that. Juju got 933. Juju's going to be gone. I'm going to take the under on this. I'm going to sell this. I'm going to sell this because it's only 38 receivers last year. I think Sky Moore's going to have a role. 
Um, I think they're going to use Travis Kelsey. They still got Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who, again, was 55th on this list a year ago at 687. And so I think some of those juju targets, those juju yards, are going to immediately go to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And so I'll sell this take. I'll go under. And then if they add DeAndre Hopkins, I will definitely go under um, on uh, 800 receiving yards in 2023 for Kadarius Tony. So to answer your question, Sam, no, I do not believe in the Kadarius Tony hype, if that is the question. I will sell uh, that hype. The Bills or the Chiefs, though, my prediction for where DeAndre Hopkins plays in the 2023 season. But keep an eye out for the Baltimore Ravens, the Dallas Cowboys, and or the New York Jets as a team that could surprise uh, late in the process. That is going to do it for us here on the Tuesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Appreciate you making this show a part of your day rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast. We greatly appreciate all those things. If you've done all those things, please share the show with a friend, coworker, family member, uh, somebody that you think would potentially enjoy this show, enjoy the conversation, enjoy the banter. We would greatly appreciate it as we continue to build this show, and we are going to have a lot of fun during the 2023 NFL and college seasons on a daily basis, talking about these teams, talking about these games, and having a really good time on a daily basis. And so this summer time is where we can build that momentum and you guys are a big part of that. You want to join us on the YouTube side of things, you can do so Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You get the pre-show, you get the recording of the show, and then you get the post-show, which we are going to head into here in just a second, so you can be a part of that. If you can't catch the show live at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, it is available on demand uh, on the Draft Network YouTube channel, just underneath that live tab. All of the VODs are there from all of the live streams that we've done. So if you want to catch up on some of the shows from a video perspective, you can do so as well. I appreciate everybody making this show a part of their day. I hope everybody has a great Tuesday. We'll talk to you all tomorrow.